Hey everybody, welcome back. Today is Skews Day, July 20th, 2021. I'm Trey Crowder and that's Mark Agee. What's up, Mark? Hey, what's up, Trey? Uh, I saw the video you made about the Texas KKK. The te- KKK is good now, Law? I don't really understand it just a bit. Can you sum it up for me? Uh, it seems to me like, so basically they the Texas state legislature passed a bill that would cut out a whole bunch of things that are required curriculum in public school history classes. And it was a bunch of stuff, and it was including things like Martin Luther King's I Have a Dream speech, anything about uh, Susan B. Anthony, Cesar Chavez, Native American history, big chunks of that. And also, it cut out a requirement that students have to learn about the history of white supremacy, including but not limited to slavery, eugenics, the Ku Klux Klan, and that these things are, quote, morally wrong. So, like... It wasn't making it illegal to say that the Klan is bad. It was removing mm. a requirement to say that the Klan is bad or to teach it in that way, which is, in my opinion, still kind of shitty, you know? <laughs> yeah. I mean, you and I talk a lot about this stuff. I think it's because uh, we're annoyed by how many lies we were taught in school. Right. Um, but I saw like a, a, a take the other day that was like, it was basically like, have these people ever been to school? Because kids, like, you spend like 45 minutes a day on history, and most of that's not listening. <laughs> it's like, all this right. stuff's so fraught, and kids are going to do most of their learning after they get out of school anyway. So it's like, and yeah. plus you can't, you can't control teachers. Teachers are saying either great shit or insane shit in classrooms all the time anyway. Like, nobody, it's, whatever. Yeah, it's definitely related to the convers- the stuff we talked about <laughs> with critical race theory. You know what I mean? It's like a response to that made-up problem that they have. You know, it's yeah. like... You can't be having white kids thinking that this country is inherently racist or whatever. So you just have to not tell them about any of the racist shit that happened in this country's history because that might upset them, you know. Um, And it's like you hear that. It's like, well, you know what? You know what else is upsetting? Learning about the Holocaust. You want to not teach about the? You know what? Don't answer that. Uh, (laughs) I mean, it's like a lot of them would probably prefer not to cover that, too. So what are you going to do? It, it's wild because, like, the way they the way, the way that like stuff like Martin Luther King Jr. is taught in school, anyway, is like the, the people come out of that thinking, oh, he would be a Republican now. Like, anyway, so like it's not like they're accurately teaching. They don't teach about the Poor People's Campaign or that he was a socialist or that you know any of that shit. So like, <laughs> it's just like they they turn him into like a cuddly grandfather figure, a nice guy who wanted everyone to be nice. And that's like, it, it's, yeah, it's yeah. just it's also another example of the, that whole party of Lincoln thing because I saw going around Twitter today when this was all trending. I saw some conservatives sharing this meme or whatever. It's like just a reminder: the Klan was founded by Democrats. Right. It's it's like, yeah, that's true. Everything changed completely in the interim. But it's also funny that it's like we're talking about Republicans making it so you don't have to teach that the Klan was bad. And Mm -hmm. in defense of that, they're like, listen, the Klan was a Democrat thing anyway. It's like inherently acknowledging that it was bad and blaming it on us in response Mm to them saying, well, we don't even have to acknowledge it as bad. Anyway, uh, let's get into the show. With us, as always, producer Matt. This is Weekly Skews. Tonight, we discuss the billionaires who have achieved the impossible, making rocket ships seem uncool. Uh, Also, the designed impotence of the IRS, the divine ignorance of the January 6th types, and a bunch of other fun stuff, too, including... A conversation with friend of the show and head-to-toe legit bluegrass man of the people, Joe Troop. All that and more on tonight's skews. But first, as always, we begin with the Daily Dumbass. Matt, graphic, please. 
Tonight's DD, Matt Gates for just blindly trusting any old motherfucker wearing American flag clothes. Matt, play the clip, please. Oh my God, I'm so, I'm so excited. I'm so excited. I mean, this, oh, everyone thinks you're crazy. I don't think you're crazy. People think you're a pedophile. I don't think you're a pedophile at all. I don't think he's a pedophile at all. They're tons against him. are totally false. They're totally false. Oh my God. <laughs> All right. Uh, disclaimer just so everybody knows if you're not aware that it was a prank. Uh, Gates and Taylor Green were not in on it, but that guy's a comedian. His name's Walter Masterson, and uh, he did that on purpose. And I, for one, tip my silly flag hat to him. I think he uh, executed it perfectly, but yes, uh, very funny. Yeah. Also, hard to tell, right? It's hard to tell at first glance. That is a, a, a supporter of Matt Gates would be dumb enough to do that. Is there right. that's, that's the trick there is like, how the fuck do you tell these people are kidding? But like get, that was in Santa Monica. You're wondering why a Florida congressman and a, and, a, and a Georgia congresswoman are in Santa Monica. They were out here for a free Britney rally. They're trying to glom onto that to get some free publicity. <laughs> and uh, there like 20 Gates supporters there with a couple hundred free Britney supporters. And uh, he got drowned out there. People were chanting, pedo, pedophile, pedophile. So uh, just all around good trip for that dude. He's, he's killing it. <laughs> yeah. They also got, yeah, that happened out here in me and Mark stomping grounds, the Los Angeles area. And they got canceled from like three different venues before that ultimately happened. They kept moving the event and getting disinvited before they finally got set up. And yeah, got they got there. canceled. They got canceled. Yeah, they did. I know. As canceled. soon as I said it got, it literally did get canceled at these other venues but as soon as i said that in my head i was like oh god damn it i just said they got canceled <laughs> the, uh, you know, that's literally what happened but it's just such a charged word now i mean can you um look like i i personally the, the whole birdie spears thing's a fiasco and obviously they should let her if, if, if my broke ass gets to blow my money her rich ass should be able to blow as much money as she wants to blow right it's not like For sure it, it's a, it, it's it's truly unjust and stupid. Um, I don't know what Matt Gates has to do with it, but uh, mm-hmm. how tone deaf do you have to be to, to attach as a guy who's accused of sex trafficking underage girls, right? To t- attach yourself to a woman who became pretty famous for being hot when she was sixteen, and her music's popular with 16, 17 year old girls. Now, and is also uh, being like effectively held captive, you know, financially and legally and whatnot, yeah. like. Yeah, right. Like you said, I don't know what he has to do with it. It goes beyond just like, oh, he's just trying to attach himself to this for clout or whatever the hell. It's also, like you said, exceedingly tone deaf because of all the things surrounding Matt Gates and, you know, the shit he apparently gets up to. But it's you know. all like he's he's trying to introduce a bill to ban conservatorships or to limit them or whatever, which is like extremely short sighted on his part. Because I feel like his future career plan, if he gets out of prison, is going to be trying to glom onto some wealthy widow. And uh, try to put her in a conservatorship. So here we go. Yeah. All right. Our first honorable mention for Daily Dumbass tonight. Anybody who thought Tom Brady would move to the state of Florida and not start talking shit. That ain't how it works, everybody. If you're not a football fan, Brady's been roasting everybody lately. Everybody from Aaron Rodgers to unnamed quarterbacks. And the list goes on. And he kept it up during the Super Bowl champion Buccaneers visit to Joe Biden's White House. Matt, play the clip, please. On a roll. Not a lot of people. Uh, you know, think that we could have won. And um, in fact, I think about 40% of the people still don't think we won. I understand that. You understand that, Mr. President? I understand that. Yeah. And personally, you know, it's nice for me to be back here. We had a game in Chicago where I forgot what down it was. 
I lost track of one down in 21 years of playing. And they started calling me Sleepy Tom. All right. So for people that uh, you know don't know much about Tom Brady somehow, if you're not a football fer- person, the reason this is noteworthy at all is because Tom Brady, Mark, this he's supposed to be Trump's buddy. They're friends. Like, yeah. If five, yeah. you you get into it. <laughs> yeah, he would he would play a lot of Trump celebrity golf tournaments, and uh, uh, he uh, <laughs> someone gave him a MAGA hat and he had his locker a couple years ago during an interview, it caused a big shitstorm or whatever. But like to the point, his wife had to, uh, Giselle Bunchkin, who's the not only makes all the money in that family, which is amazing, she has like ten times as much money as Tom Brady, but also is the smart one and is politically active. And uh, she put out a statement being like, hey, my husband doesn't think about politics. He's just a regular dumbass. Don't take anything he says seriously. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, the reaction from the conservative uh, online sphere was hilarious. This uh, uh, Breitbart headline is five times Tom Brady called Trump a friend before stabbing him as supporters in the back. <laughs> The uh, the the most the most deranged take this conservative blogger was like uh, tweeted this. Uh, Whatever you think of Trump, watching Tom Brady stab him in the back is disgusting. The mark of a true tragic hero is even his friends betray him. This the man has sacrificed more for this country than Tom Brady or Joe Biden for that matter ever will. Uh, yeah, it, 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 Trump's a Christ figure. These people. It's 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 yeah. absolutely amazing. Yeah, man. At two Brady day, it's just yeah, yeah. cannot believe it. Um, all right. Next honorable mention: the Texas Democrats for not figuring out they could prevent a quorum by getting COVID uh, at least sooner than they did. Yeah, it seems like. <laughs> yeah, I got it. Well, I don't know. I don't know the Miller. The Miller D's man, maybe on their bus they had some. Uh, they had a situation there, a super spreader or something, because the sixth member of the Texas Democratic delegation has tested positive for COVID. Um, so you know that's no fun. Yeah, I mean, uh, one way to get the uh, the special session of uh, the legislature shut down is to give everyone COVID. <laughs> do it. Yeah. So it's pretty. It's kind of like you know how James Harden kept uh, going to the club and trying to catch COVID on purpose to get traded out of Houston. Yeah. It's a sort of like a very similar sort of strategy, and I did it. I'm into it. <laughs> of course, they get they're getting roasted by right wing media too for like all oh, these hypocrites wear masks on their plane. They just drink more light. Now they all got COVID, but they're all vaccinated too. They did. They did uh, stupidly expose this, they exposed the people at the White House and a couple of people, people at the White House have come down with it now, too. I don't know if that's related to them or whether that's a coincidence, but they had met with uh, Kamala, well, maskless uh, in the White House. <laughs> so, All right. Well, our next honorable mention for Daily Dumbass, showerheads for getting wrecked by the Trump administration. That's right. Matt, play the clip if you have it here. President Trump's greatest victories of course, was lifting restrictions on showerhead flow on our bathroom time, and it got better because of it. Biggest victories. His biggest victory, Trey. Is that... is that sincere? Like, that that dude literally laughed while saying it, didn't he? Like... Oh, you remember all the, you remember the press conferences where Trump would rail about low-floor toilets and stuff? Like, he... Yeah, <laughs> right. But I, I, I'm saying, like, as far as Fox News and that anchor and delivering it or whatever... Uh, I don't know. You don't have, like, uh, he looked like he was laughing when he got into it. No, you know? I don't, I don't like, think it's that, that guy does love Trump. I don't know if he thinks it's one of his actually think it's one of his biggest victories, but it's still, but the fact they're still talking about it four years later, but like Trump would be like a lot of people have, fl- have trouble flushing just one go. Not me, not me. Like it's like, a, like other people have big, big honking turds. Not me. My turds are turds are pristine and appropriately sized. It would never clog up a toilet with low flow, but it's just uh, the dude. I, I honestly, I miss him sometimes. 
Uh, get him back in there to talk about toilets. Make him secretary of toilets. Do a press conference once a day. <laughs> yeah, dude. Him as secretary of toilets or whatever, I could definitely go for that. I mean, yeah, when, yeah. when he doesn't have his, you know, all the power in the world, it's definitely, he's, you know, certainly easy to laugh at. But, um, but yeah. All right, Mark, listen, I definitely want to talk about the space farce and the IRS and whatnot. So I'm thinking that we get into Captain Maroney. What do you think about that? Yeah, let's do that. So uh, we just decided to make a January 6th Dumbass of the Week segment because we, we, we have one every, every week. week. Every week. It never ends. Never ends with these people. Yeah. So we found a good one this week. Uh, this guy from Arizona, who I guess is Mormon from the way he was uh, throwing up mythology, but he came to the Capitol dressed as a Roman centurion, um, carrying a flag with a Mormon Bible verse on it, and telling everyone he was Captain Maroney, who was a, a hero from the Book of Mormon. And uh, he had a homemade wooden sword that he managed to get into the Capitol. He was making videos for his mom. Um, all, they, he unlocked his phone for the FBI. He, he absolutely did cooperate. All the videos he had in his phone were to his mom. And he was bragging about what good exercise it was walking up the stairs. And uh, he, there was a USA chant. Which he thought it was hilarious. He was just chanting Taco Bell. Taco. No reason. Just, just, just really hit the <laughs> And I just really want you to see this guy's picture before going any further. Throw the black and white one up there. Uh, yes, Mac, a Roman centurion, this guy. Look at him. <laughs> <laughs> I love this guy, man. Uh, this- some internet sleuths have found out that that appears to be a uh, widely available plus-sized Roman soldier costume from Amazon, uh, it seems like, which, you know, yeah. I mean, it's not like I thought he had uh, made his own Roman centurion cosplay, but he later lamented to his mom that he really fucked up by not getting the hat, the, like, feather hat, whatever well, those are called. He had to help by that picture. I guess that was the night before. He he left it for the day of the rally. Oh, okay, so he remembered so, it the next day. So cops are shooting rubber bullets at them. So in one of the videos, he says, Mom, I should have brought that Centurion helmet after all. All right, got to go, Mom. Yo. <laughs> yeah, David. Isn't this another example rule. of like he had told his official stance when he got caught and arrested and whatever was, I didn't know that. I'm sorry, officer. Yeah. I didn't know I couldn't do that. That classic Chappelle, but I didn't know that any of this was going to be all, you know, insurrection or whatever. I never would have done it. But then there's all these videos that he made for his mom, which is what makes it doubly hilarious where he's like telling his mom, it's great. We're all taking over. Hey, mom, we're like, yeah, they're shooting at us, but we're, we're soldiering on and like, it just, yeah. Yeah, uh, he definitely. He's just, he's just a, he's, he, a lot of their stories go like this. Like, I thought it was okay for me to be in there, but when I saw people smashing stuff up, I was like, "Oh man, we're getting in trouble, so I should leave." And then they left. That's what they all say. Is like, but right. And then a lot yeah. of them have videos on their phone where they're like, "I know it's not okay for us to be in here, but we're smashing shit up, and it's fucking great." Yeah, <laughs> it's me, Captain Maroney, inside the Capitol, smashing shit up when I know I shouldn't be. <laughs> <laughs> and they post that to their Facebook page or whatever. <sighs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Don't turn, t- leave your phone at home when you're doing crimes, guys. It's pretty much like I can't emphasize that enough. Uh, <laughs> well, I think it's a lot. We'll be talking about, well, we're going to skip over the other crime stuff for today, but like the, uh, uh, just don't, don't, guys, we need, we need to do, America needs to add an OPSEC class to like high school. <laughs> if we're going to be getting all these kind of shenanigans, you got to, we got to like, uh, this- you know, people. <laughs> This guy also is from Arizona, and he is the second Arizonan to be caught raid or you know storming the Capitol in costume, specifically. The other one being the QAnon shaman. 
So oh, both, yeah. both the shaman and the uh, Roman centurion guy, the great state of Arizona, representing. Arizona has low-key become a crazier state. But I don't know Absolutely. Really... Dude, it's yeah. the sun, right? The sun has to be a huge part of it, I feel like. Because, yeah, Arizona's creeping up on Florida, in my opinion. And it's like, you know, yeah. you just like... You just can't handle that. That you can't get baked for that long by the sun. I think without getting getting a little wild and crazy. Apparently, <laughs> yeah, it's like uh, somebody's putting peyote in the water. Some shit. I don't know. <laughs> All right. So our first big story tonight. Um, actually, let's put it this way: the biggest we've done our uh, daily dumbass and our honorable mentions, but the biggest dumbass of all today is all of us. Apparently, if you don't know what I'm talking about, you surely know that Jeff Bezos finally uh, had his date with the stars on Blue Horizon, came back and uh, had this to say afterwards. Very graciously, he had this to say. Matt, play the clip, please. And I also I want to thank uh, every Amazon employee and every Amazon customer because you guys paid for all this. So... <laughs> Seriously, for every Amazon customer out there and every Amazon employee, thank you from the bottom of my heart very much. You're welcome, uh, Jeff. You're yeah, welcome. I know. Dude, this this honestly I, I mean, really bothered me. I don't know if it bothered me enough to st- stop buying shit from Amazon because, you know, I'm a fucking suburban white guy. My, my, my wife has fucking Amazon boxes showing up every goddamn day. You know what I mean? But also him thanking the employees when you, if anybody knows anything about the long running you know war amazon employees are fighting for just basic decency you know being treated remotely decent as employees so it's just like it's pretty audacious thing for him to do which i know it's weird jeff bezos being audacious but uh but yeah i found it upsetting (laughs) yeah i mean odds are he only went to space because he heard martians were trying to unionize uh but like (laughs) didn't even like, like even like these these guys were such a bootlicking. We're gonna get more to this in a little bit, but there was such a bunch of bootlickers. In fact, everyone in the room laughed at that instead of fucking guy with a pitchfork it was insane right. to me. And yeah. the, the he didn't even really go to space. He went to like um, I guess the where the atmosphere starts phasing out. They, I forget the line's called. It's like hundred kilometers up, and he went just past that, right? For like so, um, like for comparison's sake, a, a what is a, a a commercial airliner flies like three and a half kilometers or whatever. So it's pretty far up. Pretty far up. Billionaire went about 100 kilometers up. Uh, 64 years ago, the Soviet Union launched a dog to 212 kilometers who managed to orbit the Earth <laughs> four times. So the billionaire did something objectively about 30% as cool as a broke-ass communist dog in the 1950s. So I don't, <laughs> the dog did die. He choked to death. broke-ass communist dog. <laughs> was it oh, Laika? Was to his name. Laika? L-A-I-K-A? Yeah. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, Soviets, a hero. Did, Soviets did kill that dog with uh, accident, so it doesn't hit for me. But they, uh, but <laughs> so Bezos spent like ten minutes up there, didn't do an orbit or anything. He just like barely got up high enough to float around for like a, a second or two, and then came back down and treated him like a world conquering hero. The motherfucker wore cowboy boots and a cowboy hat in that thing, and uh, and they they, they these spa- they're wearing spacesuits, but they're costumes because they didn't need spacesuits. Right. <laughs> they could have worn business casual wear and been the exact same goddamn thing. The whole thing is just a, a ridiculous like joke. Um, well, and like you said, they, people treat him like a world conquering hero. There were some real hot takes 
in the wake of this, including Matt, if you have that next video there, if you could play it. I will. People will criticize what I'm about to say. Um, the young man sitting there excited as he was, that's one less black kid on a corner somewhere um, getting ready to use a weapon. Holy shit. Holy shit. <laughs> this amount of stuff baked into that. Thank you, Jeff Bezos, civil rights icon, savior right. of the black community. Um, it, it, God damn it. Especially because, like, remember, like, we went over Bezos pays, not only pays $0 in taxes, but he gives a child tax credit, right? <laughs> so, like, he's been able to do this because we're subsidizing him. We're, we're, we're covering his share of the tax bill, right? We're covering his share of the tax load. Besides that, like uh, Elon Musk and Jeff Bezos have this dumb rivalry, which is one of the reasons like like Bezos wanted to do this. Branson beat him to space, but at least he'd beat Musk. Although, like, the thing is, SpaceX does – I'm not a fan of Musk by any means. We talked about before, but, like, SpaceX actually, actually does go to space, and they it's not great. They, they have, like, thousands of satellites living in the night sky. They're, like, blocking out, like, uh, people from their telescopes being able to look at the moon and shit. But, like, at least it does go to space. Blue, or, Blue, Blue Origin doesn't do shit. It's nothing. It's just a purely masturbatory. I mean, everyone's talking about how it looked like a dick. It does look like a dick and balls. It's ridiculous. Um, but, like, the, the fact that we all pay for this, they don't, they don't have to pay for this indirectly by covering his taxes and by re, giving him tax refunds. But the, uh, his life lobbyists tried to get because got a contract he was jealous of the senate tried to pass a bailout bill just to give him 10 billion to a tip to be nice because musk got 10 billion dollars so this his own space program cost 5.5 so this would have more, more than doubled what he's invested in his own goddamn space program now the, the senate i mean the, the house thankfully killed it after the senate put it in but jesus christ like these guys are so shameless man i i, I just don't understand it like yeah yeah no i like i'm I, I don't I'm not going to call myself a space nerd because I'm very space dumb. I can't a- accurately talk about any of it, but I'm just a big proponent of uh, a higher budget for NASA and spending more on that. Like, I think that uh, getting away from space faring was a mistake, generally speaking. Like, um, I, it's always annoyed me when conservatives would talk when NASA a- asked for a budget increase because they want to go to Mars. And then conservatives are like, yeah, they want to spend X billion dollars to go to Mars when fucking we got problems here or whatever. Has always annoyed me for multiple reasons. And yet I'm an. I'm annoyed by billionaires going to Mars instead of paying their fucking taxes, but there's obviously a massive fundamental difference between the government doing it and fucking billionaires who are on corporate welfare doing it. So it isn't the same thing. So like, I just want everybody to know I'm all for advances in space travel and spacefaring as the human race or whatnot. But like the gains are socialized when when they're paid for by tax dollars, the gains are socialized. Like, like, we have the internet. Yes, exactly. Yeah, so we have right. When, when you turn on your phones to see where your, uh, right. your Uber is, that's a government satellite. That's why it is, it's right? different. There, yeah. like we, it's society saw the benefit, and would continue to see the benefit of the space race or a new space race. If it's the government, if it's NASA, we're talking about. But mm-hmm. the all the advances that these motherfuckers make, they're not going to like share it. They're not going to share any of them. Like generally speaking, other than the other rich assholes who are competing directly against them. And it's all going to be proprietary and patent, you know, patented and whatnot. Like it's not, it's not the same thing. And it's also just, it's just uh, upsetting (laughs) giving the, given the general state of things with income inequality and whatnot. 
I saw conservatives be like, uh, uh, so- socialism didn't send uh, Jeff Bezos to space. Capitalism sent him to space. It's like, motherfucker, the government went to the moon 70 years ago. This guy, he, he, he barely went as high as that, that Felix Bumgartner guy who jumped out of the balloon. Remember the guy right. who took the balloon to space? Yeah, yeah, the Red Bull guy, yeah. That was He did that with a Red Bull budget. That was way <laughs> <Right>. cooler. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> this is just it's such a jerk off and uh just to get to this real quick because i talk about actual government stuff uh one of the reasons rich people are able to get to pay no pay away no tax uh, pay away no taxes is because uh as much as people argue about how defund the police is a bad um bad slogan a bad strategy for years the government has defunded the rich guy police we're talking about the irs right and so one of Biden, one of the things Biden proposed for the infrastructure bill was to increase um uh irs funding because the estimates are for like you increase their funding $20 billion. They could bring you back $400 billion. It's, it's gone missing because people aren't paying their taxes, right? So keep that in mind and watch this clip from the Sunday shows um, uh, about this bill falling apart, right? <laughs> Talk about some of the sticking points that I know that you're working through. One of the proposals is to improve IRS enforcement of existing laws, uh, which is estimated to increase revenue by up to $100 billion without raising taxes. A number of your Republican colleagues, though, they are coming out against this approach. Senator Ted Cruz called it a foolish and dangerous idea. So is IRS enforcement still part of your proposal or not? Well, one reason it's not part of the proposal is that we did have pushback. Another reason is that uh, we found out that the Democrats were going to put a proposal into the reconciliation package, which was uh, not just similar to the one we had, but uh, with a lot more uh, IRS enforcement. So, uh, so that created. Yeah. So these lying sexist shit are they're doing the doing the typical Republican dance they do in the Senate where they pretend to be negotiating and then they pull out the last minute. Right. So there's there's two bills being negotiated. And the, 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 the clusterfuck here, the mistake they make is that the reconciliation bill has to have everything paid for us to be budget neutral, right? So kicking this out of the bipartisan bill and put it in the recreation, uh, reconciliation bill could give Bernie like a hundred, uh, $400 billion more to work with to add back into infrastructure spending. So this might work against them, but at least they'll be able to say their, um, to, to tell their donors they tried, right? But here's the fucked up thing. Like this is like raising, Forget raising taxes on rich people. Just enforcing existing laws is like ridiculously possible. Like literally no one thinks that people should be able to break the law to not pay taxes when average working class people cannot like I, you and I can't do this. Right. We, 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 don't, we can't navigate the tax code to like save hundreds of thousands of dollars a year in taxes or like whatever, like Trump's uh, uh, CFO, Alan Weiselberg, was doing like we. This shit's insane. Everyone, everyone knows it's unfair. It's a layup. It's a fucking political layup for everybody in politics. And I hope they take it because it's it's just it's very frustrating. Yeah, for um, sure. But it's one of those things we talked we've talked so much on the show about the apparent layups that the Democratic Party just either bricks or typically refuses to take. They go Ben Simmons and they pass the ball off instead of <laughs> instead of taking the wide open dunk so many times. Things that just seem like obvious layups like fucking weed, you know, for example, or things like this, you know, and they just don't do it, you know, but with this, I'd say like, I could see how it, you know, they are also in the pocket of these rich motherfuckers at the end of the day. And so that's yeah. why they just won't do it, which is very disheartening. But yeah, that's part of it. But yeah, they, uh, but they think about pair that up with this issue at the same time. All right. So um, into it and uh, these uh, turbo tax and all these like, like the big companies that get paid to file taxes. 
they lobby to keep taxes insanely complicated. And in, in, in functional countries, mostly what happens, right. the government sends you a bill for what you owe and you, you send what you owe. You don't have to do your own taxes, right? right. So, but they want to charge to get people to file them. So as, an, as a compromise of the government for years, they provided a free e-file option for people who just want to do simple, straightforward tax shit. Uh, TurboTax is pulling out of that. They're just going to stop providing the free uh, tax filing. So while, everyone, while rich people's taxes are getting cheaper, you're going to ha- definitely have to pay to do yours going forward. And that seems like a pretty layup for a pretty easy layup for a campaign commercial to me. But, you know, I'm no big city political expert. No, yeah, I'm with you. Um, we'll see what they actually do. All right, let's get to our guest tonight. Uh, he is a multi-instrumentalist singer and songwriter hailing originally from Winston-Salem, North Carolina. He is the founder of Grammy-nominated string band Che Appalachia. His music is... Music is deeply embedded with and inspired by his activism after spending the last year learning direct action from stalwart progressive organizers. This radical folk singer is now channeling that energy into his first proper solo album, Borrowed Time, which will be released next month. Joe Troop, everybody. Hey, Joe. Good to see you again. Nice to be back on the show, Trey and Mark. Hey, Joe. Good to see you. So, you know, for a long time, like, the roots of, uh, you know, folk singers, very, it's very, uh, working man oriented, right? Like Woody Guthrie, right. coal miners, that type of thing. And, um, not that country and folk are the same thing, but I feel like to a lot of uh, Americans generally now, it's a different kind of perception they have when they think of like working class music, basically. Do you know what I mean? Like, and yeah, it's totally. not, it's not the best one. It's like Nashville country type, type stuff that people think of, but you're out there on the ground every day, uh, taking, taking roots music back to its roots, right? You're back there. You're out there keeping it real, trying to, I keep guess it, so in a, keep in it a real contemporary way, I suppose. Cause you know, you can't, I, 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 for as much as I'd like to think of myself as a, you know, like a Woody Guthrie of the now, I mean, it's now it's not the 1940s. Yeah. So yeah. Do you, you guys um, are, sorry, sorry. I was going to say, if you guys are familiar with uh, Woody Guthrie that much. He was a guy saying this, this land is your land. This land is my land. He was an avowed socialist and he had this machine kills fascists painted on his guitar. So he was a fucking all around rocking dude. Uh, yeah. Fan. He was a badass, pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, it's, he just, he, he rooted for the underdogs basically. I mean, right. he, he just tried to, tried to tell the stories of the people who were getting screwed by the system. And that's what I like to do too. Uh, just, you know, provoke, poke the bear a little bit in a vernacular that they think is theirs, but it's not. I like the, you know, bluegrass and old time and folk music did come out of the working class and uh, somehow everything got convoluted and, and, and screwed up. And now working class equals dumbass or something right. happened at some point but that's just not the case i mean it could right. be further from the truth and uh so kind of feel like in some way by playing a style of music that is so associated with uh being a right-wing ignoramus uh and yes. singing something you know very clearly progressive for lack of a right. better word then uh maybe kind of like re refocusing the whole concept of, of folk music not just me there's a whole lot of people doing this you know i'm just part of a of a movement i would say that that is is, is using uh roots music to push the progressive rural envelope yeah and how is that uh 
how is that going? What kind of resistance do you run into out there doing it, given we've got to this place where, like you said, the, the genre itself is oftentimes associated with right-wing ignoramuses, right? And I've talked to other musicians who, you know, have uh, dealt with the same things. Like, how often is that a problem for you in just doing shows and whatnot? Like, do you have to sort of actively push back against against the tide in that way? Or is there uh, this sort of avenue for doing it the way that you do it that still exists and that people are automatically receptive to? Well, of course, there's pushback. You know, people will hear a vernacular that, they again, they think is theirs and their uh, vernacular being right-wing dumbassery yeah so i'm saying you know protect the postal service and like well yeah protect the postal service but fuck joe biden it's like where's hey incongruencies and so you're like well the vernacular i like and then boom heads explode so the pushback is like i don't like this but i just wish you'd shut up and play music but don't sing the words god you know it's like that kind of thing so it's kind of funny (laughs) from my perspective sometimes they get violent that's never fun Uh, but I have never, I have yet to get my ass beat. This is not an invitation to beat my ass. I will fight back and I do bite. So (laughs) yeah, I've talked Uh, to other uh, like country and Americana artists before. Well, I mean, I'll just say like Hayes Carl, right. Uh, I would call him country, but Americana, whatever guy from Texas who like, who just did that type of thing for a long time and had that fan base and did shows. And then he had a song where he like basically said the equivalent of fuck. He took an, an anti-Nazi stance in it and then was surprised to find that that was somehow controversial amongst people. Apparently like, you know, he was like, I thought I was walking out on a pretty sturdy limb with that. I didn't think that would be a problem, but for some people it was, you know, what what we're dealing with what we're dealing with is basically the death growl of Dixie and with the new emerging zeitgeist in the United States, the once propagated white myth of we are, we are this and Davy Crockett and macaroni and cheese and whatever. It's like not holding up. So the only thing they can do when backed into a corner is go or whatever. And so it's, uh, I don't know. We're just we're just watching a bear being poked and it isn't even a, a smart bear. It's kind of like, uh, you know, barely got its wits about kind of bear. And that's because <laughs> they haven't they haven't no one created a new and I hate to use the word create a new narrative because it sounds like that the kind of like woke speech that they would ima- automatically reject and, and hate understandably too. what I'm saying is in the vernacular of the white proletariat in Appalachia, why not start propagating a new creation myth and story, which would be inclusive and recognize genocide and recognize white supremacy and slavery and everything that actually happened because there is truth in the world. And that is the hardest thing for these assholes to accept. But at the same time, demonizing them, which is what's happening in media in general, is not is not proving to be effective. So why not just start in, you know, not demonizing the opposition and go in there and say, look, Ricky, uh, we're fighting for the same things, man. You don't see the system screwing you. The structures of inequity, they are not on your, they do not favor your existence, my man. So buck up, 
expand your mind. You can. And maybe Ricky will say, well, damn, yeah, okay, fine. Yeah, that, the thing you said at the end there, like, to me, that seems like what should be the, like, primary messaging, such as there is one, is, you know, we are... We are all on the same team against the same opponent, which is, you know, the fucking rich assholes who fuck everybody over. The Absolutely. That screws everybody over. And that's, and I feel like that used to be an accepted thing with a lot of these folk musicians and with the people like Johnny Paycheck and whatnot and, and, and like coal miners and whatnot. It wasn't just white people. And there was a kind of understanding of like mm-hmm. working people being united against the powers that be. Division-based politics. They have found wedge issues. This goes back to like Lee Atwater. May he burn in hell. And taking these wedge issues, and they are the same wedge issues they've been since before I was born or when I was coming into the world in the early 80s. It's abortion. It's it's always the same shit. It's hate the homosexuals, abortion, whatever. It's these, and that, that has served to divide and conquer. And these few elites are laughing all the way to the bank. I think that if a real left emerges, and I'm not talking about a San Francisco left, though they're played an important part in a lot of things. I'm talking about a rural left. If it can emerge and had a media market that maybe wasn't based in New York or California, we could uh, fashion some sort of new nationwide narrative. But the problem is the media is also controlled by the coastal elites. So now I sound like a right winger, don't I? This is the subtlety we're dealing with. Yeah. Yeah. There's, I mean, there's a lot of truth. Like, like it's not just, I mean, being on the West coast, like the the amount of like East coast bias, like it's, 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 it's Northeastern definitely, but it's like a rainstorm Washington DC. will get tons of media coverage and the whole state of Oregon's burning down right now. It's changing the weather patterns. That's how hot it is in Oregon. And uh, no one seems to care very much. It's, it's, it's like it's 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 wild how things uh, how things get filtered in international conversation. What makes it up to the uh, the, the high profile cable shows that are just people yelling at each other about performative bullshit? You know, yeah. Um, the uh, performance, I, baby. What, it's, all, it's all hype. Entertainment industry, yeah. music industry, news media. It's all hype driven. Hype, hype, hype. And it's it's very very. Uh, not yeah. <laughs> yeah. So. I I, uh, I wanted to ask you, uh, so last year um, you started this project called Pick a Progress. I'm gathered because it was an election year. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, so uh, I'm here in, uh, actually I'm in Key Center, Washington at producer Matt's house. Matt is a longtime co-conspirator of mine. And uh, he, when, 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 when COVID hit and the music industry died. Matt was like, well, you ain't got a job. Why don't you write a song for the postal service? So I did. And it went banjo viral. I literally got asked to play it three or four times. And uh, including in front of Louis DeJoy's house, there was a petition, 450,000 people signed it. Banjo in some small way helped bail out the postal service, which was uh, Matt's brainchild. So Matt's kind of a genius here. And then he, uh, he said, well, that was, that worked, didn't it? Why don't you keep doing that? And so then he somehow came up with this concept of picking for progress and I inadvertently became the Anthony Bourdain of social justice music, illuminating progressive voices from the, uh, across the state of North Carolina, uh, picking music and interviewing in this kind of like, uh, epi- you know, episodic series we did for 15 weeks prior to the elections. I was working with Roderi- uh, Roderico Yordias, who is a, uh, Guatemalan film director, Cacchiquel, 
indigenous dude, lives in North Carolina, and Emily Ryan, the executive uh, director of Witness for Peace Southeast. So two stalwart activists and people in the know. And I got to be kind of like, you know, the host and the musician. And it was really fun. And we, and we did this and I got to meet all these real organizers and, uh, and activists. And, and it was just very informative. And that kind of like helped me produce all of this music when the elections uh, happened and everything kind of died down, I was like, well, I got this collection of songs. I might, might as well put them into a, uh, a new record, which Matt is probably bringing up onto the screen. And that's what I've been doing. I got this record about to go back on tour. I mean, hell, it looks like the pandemic is uh, doing okay. That Delta variant is pretty bad. If the Delta variant is bad, I wonder what the Spirit Airlines variant is going to be. That shit is going to get hairy pretty quick. But, uh, if uh, God willing, I'll be out on the road in September touring that album around. So I kind of eschewed the conversation from picking to progress into selling my CD, but you know how no, it is. No. It is maybe. That's, a, that's a good, good segue. Cause one of the reasons you're, uh, to, you're on today, as opposed to any other week is you had a, 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 a video drop from uh, this series called gems on VHS. Um, right. Yeah. And do you want, do you want to set, set up that? I think we have a clip. Do you want to set it up? Sure. Yeah. Today, uh, my single Hermano Migrante dropped, which is uh, that means brother migrant. And it is a song I tailor made for migrants. Uh, it's it's a message that really resonates with them. Thankfully, I have been able to play it for a lot of migrants. And prior to being here, I was in a in a migrant shelter in Nogales, Sonora, Mexico. And um, anyway, if anyone knows how to uh, save the world, it's the people that have experiment, experienced firsthand the structures of inequity. And no one understands the structures of inequity better than migrants. So you might think they're at the bottom of the totem pole. They know more about it than anyone else does. So this is my song to them. And uh, it's, it's in Spanish, but there is one little line in, in English to kind of sum up the whole uh, situation they're dealing with. Right on. Nacer en otro lado Dice no eres de aquí Mientras sin tus esfuerzos Ni podrían vivir Gritan calla migrante Espera no hay. Do you work without paper? Keep us fed and go die. Damn, that's awesome, man. Damn. For those who, uh, for, for we, we didn't set up this part, but you live in you lived in Argentina for a long time, right? It's one of the reasons you're uh, so fluent in Spanish and why you're so enthusiastic about uh, like uh, Latin culture. Yeah. So as a 19 year old, I, I, I found a foreign exchange program in Spain. I ran away because I, you know, I had my gay parade and I was like, screw North Carolina. I'm getting the hell out of here. They don't treat me very good. And then I met a bunch of Argentinians there. So years later, I moved to Argentina and the shoe fit. Uh, I stayed for a decade. And uh, but more recently, well, since the pandemic, you know, this year, actually, I've been back and forth to Mexico. And that's kind of my new 
my new project. I'm kind of fascinated by the borderlands. So yeah, I've had a lot of, you know, 12 years of experience with Spanish language. Uh, that's after learning it my whole childhood. It was my favorite subject in school. So in North Carolina, believe it or not. And um, mm -hmm. anyway, so yeah, that's a, uh, that's, that's, that's how I got interested in all these, all these ideas, all these concepts of migration and whatnot. So much smarter than me. I took, I chose Latin as my subject in high school. Uh, my dad tried to talk me out of it and he was right, but his reasons were so I could talk to girls. Uh, <laughs> wow. Yeah. Yeah. That was, uh, <laughs> Yeah, well, I've tried, uh, uh, tried and failed to learn Spanish like eight times in, over the course of my life. Not because I'm not into it; it's just like I just, you know, I just. Yeah, uh, you gotta be. You gotta want. You gotta want to memorize. I mean, it's you know, you it's, stick to it. Yeah, it ain't. Uh, I mean, it, it, you know, speaking redneck's pretty hard, man. Yeah, <laughs> but, yeah. Well, but, uh, born into that, you that's know, that's Spanish, Spanish and French and all them romance languages. They're romantic. It's why they call them romance languages because somebody mm -hmm. told me that one time. So that's I, right. I, yeah. I'd learn me a romance language because I like romance. I'm like Ricky. Don't mean <laughs> they don't. Whatever, buddy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. A true romantic, Ricky. <laughs> uh, all right, Joe. Let everybody know. Um, you know how they can follow, support you, the album, how to find that, all that good stuff, please. Well. I guess, unfortunately, uh, the, the best way to follow me is now Instagram because Facebook sucks ass. But uh, I guess it, people are watching it on Facebook. Sorry, Facebook. Not, sorry, but not sorry, <laughs> as the Gen Zers say. Uh, but uh, yeah, Instagram at joe.troop.music. Had to think about it there. And then I'm on Twitter, Joe Troop, and I'm on whatever other things. But you can go to my website, joetroop.com, J-O-E-T-R-O-O-P.com. And if anyone wants to support me, just buy buy my CD off my website. And then once I sell 3000 of them and meet my recruitment clause with the, the record label, I can start making some money off of them. So, uh, there you go. but anyway, that's oh, a good yeah. record label. I have to say free dirt yeah. is a good record label. That's a, that's a good, very yeah. just recruitment clause. Cause they put poor money into me like a, like a, like a leaky faucet. Um, <laughs> but anyway, so yeah. Hell awesome. yeah. So yeah, that's the best way to go about it. Go to joetroop.com and check it mm -hmm. out there and get the album Borrowed Time. Joe, it's always good to see you. We'll have you back on Trey and too Mark, long. Such a pleasure. Thanks, Love buddy. On right show. on, buddy. All yeah. right. Joe Troop, everybody. Okay. Yeah. Always impressed by somebody who fucking keeps it real, you know? Yeah. <laughs> Actually walks the walk, man. He is a walk walking son of a bitch, Joe Troop is. Um all right, Matt, you can start throwing up some questions and comments there for us. Uh, well, we since, we're talking, about, Go since ahead. we're talking about Bezos, just something I forgot to mention earlier. Uh, this is a, just a funny little anecdote. So when Bezos was like eight, nine years old, he was he was one of the subjects of a book about child prodigies. Uh, and the chapter on him, the guy wrote that he um, basically was too socially, he, he was too so, socially awkward to end quote has no leadership skills uh end quote and uh do you want to know the one book it's kind of hard to find on amazon <laughs> <laughs> oh that's hilarious yeah. uh, trish pulley from youtube says this is a quote from joe's song we played the clip from earlier she says work without papers keep us fed and go die trish says damn based on that alone i will purchase the album thanks for the intro I agree completely. Joe set it up saying there's one line in English kind of sort of sums up the song in general. I don't speak Spanish. That was incredibly impactful uh, <laughs> the way he did that. So, yeah, hats off to him. Um, yeah. Yeah. 
If uh, Joe mentioned Lee Atwater, if you guys aren't familiar with who he is, uh, he's a guy that uh, is an architect of Reagan's campaign in 1980, and he gave this famous. You can just Google uh, Lee Atwater 1981 interview, and you'll find out where he lays out how this is the Southern strategy works and how you can do racism with through dog whistles, oh, and it's pretty. Yeah, it's oh, very, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know the the interview you're talking the clips you're talking about. I didn't put yeah. those together. Yeah, that shit's wild, dude. He says the N word a bunch in it. So, yes, uh, it just warrants. totally oh. just lays it out completely baldly. Uh, the mm-hmm. the way they operate. Yeah, that shit's pretty wild. Y'all should look that up. Betty Veronica says Bezos looks like Lex Luthor on the Super Friends villains, the Legion of Doom, especially that capsule. He definitely has a Lex Luthor thing going on. I don't give him too much credit though, but. Uh, but but yeah, and also like that, uh, their his rocket in particular, they're all phallic rockets are just inherently phallic. But his had a real dick looking thing going on, you know. So yeah. yeah, yeah, and again, the boots and the hat and all that, it's all it's just all a bit much, guys. <laughs> Do you know it's like his ten billion humans thing or whatever? Bezos, so, no. Just to give you an example of how dumb and out of touch these guys are. So his like. His big futurist, I'm thinking about the future of humanity type thing. He always talks about in an interview, 10, I think it's 10 billion, uh, no, 100 billion humans or whatever, a trillion humans, whatever it is. His idea is like if you get X number of geniuses like Einstein and Beethoven with the current population, if you grow the population, you'll get that many more Einsteins and Beethovens. Sure. But like, how many kids are talented enough to be Beethoven but don't right. have the money for a goddamn they violin? Never have a chance. Yeah, exactly. Dude, there's like, been so many... There's a couple examples where people are aware of that, where they're, they've somehow found like mathematical prodigies who grew up in poverty in India or something, and it never mattered. But we know about them now. I'm too ignorant to give specifics on it. But I know it, do, I, it does. You don't have to have it proven. You know that it's true. There's no telling how many fucking Einsteins and Mozarts and whatnot have been born into abject poverty, lived and died in the exact same, and no one ever knew their genius, uh, you know because of just the fucking way the world works. Because we, we live in a society of manufactured scarcity and artificial competition. Like, it's just so cutthroat and dog-eat-dog. Like, you can't even talk about, about you talk, can't even talk about it in terms of what we're losing by, like, how, how much talent we're just wasting. Because if you're like, well, if you're like, we should give all kids music lessons and free SATs to see who has the best opportunity. Like, you'd be like, well, that kid's going to take a slot for my kid. As opposed to being like, how much right. better would the world be with so much better right. music and stuff? But yeah. there was a, there was a there was a school where none, none of the kids could afford the SATs, so somebody was like, I'll just pay for them all to take the SATs. All of them got high scores, and they all got to go to college. It was these were there's a whole group of kids who weren't going to be able to go to college because they because they couldn't afford the SAT. It's it, it just like you could save to the, to the extent there are any good billionaires. Like the, the one practical so Bill Gates' enthusiasm for malaria nets is really cool because it's a really low cost way to you know, trying to figure out better water water filtration for uh, for uh, un- underdeveloped countries. It's like that's an easy way to save a lot of lives. It's just cheap stuff like water filters and malaria nets. That's going to save hundreds of thousands of lives. And here you got a guy talking about we got to build a moon colony so we can get to the five Beethovens. Like, fuck off, man. Jesus Christ. Will Tyson on Facebook says rockets don't have to be phallic. That's a choice. I'm just going to, have to trust you on that, Will. I'm rocket dumb. In my head, I think of a rocket. I think of a vaguely dick-shaped thing. But I do believe you. I, be- I believe that. Um, but yeah, but I, I don't know. You know that like, and I we talked about this on the Well Read podcast forever ago, and so I don't remember the specifics of it now. But you know, like early on in the existence of billionaires. Maybe they weren't even billionaires at the time, but like the ultra wealthy, it was kind of almost taken for granted that they had to do shit to sort of give back in a way 
Like it, it was almost like, I don't know if it was like a shame thing or so or what, but like, no, no bless oblige. Yeah. 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 They just like, it was sort of taken for granted that you had to give back if you were in that type of scenario. And now it's the exact opposite. It's like, if they do it, you know, they're lauded as being heroic or whatever, because so many of them just say, fuck it and don't and take every opportunity they can to keep as much for themselves as possible. And, Mm -hmm. um, it's just a real bummer because I feel like it didn't necessarily have to be that way or wasn't automatically that way, you know, to begin with. And we just got to that point because of, in part, the mentality you were talking about earlier, where everybody makes it about themselves in their head. Do you know what I mean? It's mm-hmm. like, you know, if I get to that point, that's what I'm doing. I'm fucking keeping it all. They deserve to keep it all, you know. Yeah. Do you have, like I want to be like Jeff. You, you don't have to, you don't have to build a moon colony for uh, a Martian colonies for to get to a, a, a trillion humans or whatever to find five Beethovens. You might have to find them just by funding school lunch programs. Do you know right. what I'm saying? Like it's like it's yeah right yeah absolutely. Ah man, that's fucked up. <laughs> oh, Roger Strange says Bozos went to space by selling crap that catches people and homes on fire. Uh. What's he talking about specifically, Mark? I don't know. Like, uh, I remember Musk sold those uh, flamethrowers from the Boeing company, and uh, Tesla's catch on fire all the time. Maybe remember maybe make some of billionaires, or I don't know. Maybe it's somebody I don't know about Jeff. Um, yeah, I mean, anyway, it's just they like, want to catch us all on fire. Um, he just like he just burned he, he burned like three hundred tons of carbon, shoot himself into space, and got back and talk about how we need to save Earth. It's like right, it's yeah, crazy. I know. Like being up there looking at the Earth and how fragile it is reminds you of how important. It is. And like you said, the fucking the carbon output of the fucking vanity project that he masturbatory yeah. vanity project that he just went on that inspired <laughs> him to say that that I'm sure he'll have no follow through on whatsoever. Yeah, yeah. Again, the audacity, saying, man. He was saying if we put, we could save the environment here on Earth by putting all our industry in space and on the moon. So you're gonna like, you're gonna like put a power plant on the moon, and then what? We're a giant like a uh, uh, extension cord back to Earth. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking idiot. Ugh. Yeah, man. See, I would let, like. Well, I don't know. Like I said, I think about like we should. In my opinion, we should. You look at like Kitty Hawk, North Carolina, and the Wright brothers to the moon landing in that amount of time. You know. Like we should be on the moon and Mars already, but it should have happened the right way. And it's disappointing that we're not, but I don't want it to be like this. It's like that, like switch from the matrix. Not like this, not like that. This ain't what I want, <laughs> but like as a species, you know, we should be doing all that shit already. And we should be reaching towards space based fucking, uh, industry and stuff like that, but not from, not from these, not, not like, not like this, not this way. Uh, is anyone defending? Ba- if you look at the, the tenor of all the news coverage today, it was very lauding and celebratory. Like, yeah, like I agree. It- I've seen a lot of people. As a matter of fact, we were at court, yeah, yeah, uh, senior Georgia correspondent Corey Forrester was telling me that, you know, he's a hardcore commie. He posted a video shitting on Bezos for it. And we have liberal fans, all you here today, you guys know that. And he got some pushback from our fans on it, apparently. People being like, listen, at the end of the day, it's an advancement. It It's a scientific and technological advancement. And we should be happy about that, that type of thing. I think a lot of people feel that way. To, 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 to the extent they advanced technology, they built reusable rockets. Okay. But like, 
So we have a, we already we had already had a space shuttle. That was no. It's like we were shuttle. saying earlier. It, it that argument doesn't hold water the same way it does when you're talking about NASA or you know yeah. uh, the government or socialist it, it, efforts that lead towards the same goals because the information sharing and intellectual property and all that stuff it just works completely differently. Yeah, so it's all it's Jeff. The same thing. We 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 fund it and Jeff gets to keep it. Yeah, exactly. Right. And that's why it ain't the same thing. And that's why it's fucked up. Randall Tuff says, let's celebrate what we did in the sixties. Hello. Yeah, no, I mean, for sure. That's what I'm saying. I got, I think that's so rad that that happened. Like the fucking, the technology available at that time to have gone to the moon with that, what we had available then imagine the shit we could do now and should be doing. But again, not for motherfuckers like Richard Branson, Elon Musk, and, and uh, Jeff Bezos. They, but literally, the fucking the, the 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 ships that went to the moon were built out of duct tape and aluminum foil and shit. <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. <laughs> and we got the there, computers and- like the computers they had are like there are calculators today that yeah. are, are more powerful than mm-hmm. those. It's fucking insane. Yeah, they don't like uh, uh like everybody sees Apollo thirteen knows that uh the Kevin the uh. uh Kevin Bacon, Bacon care gets real sick or whatever. They don't go in depth into detail why he got sick, but in real life, the guy got sick because his urine filtration system messed up. So he was just like, had a, <laughs> he just got sick off his own piss. But like, but like that's the level of bad technology they were dealing with. Is a guy just had to deal with his own piss in his bloodstream for a few days while he got back, and they were able to go to the moon and back. And we can't do that right now. It's like right. it, it, we're celebrating a guy going like three times as high as a fucking commercial airliner. I don't get it. It's, it doesn't make sense to me. No, dude. No, you're 100 percent right. It's such a good point. It's like get it just literally just the fact that it's like, oh, it's just one rich guy who made it happen is the only thing that makes it noteworthy. And again, that wouldn't be possible if not for the way he has exploited <laughs> countless faceless masses of fucking people and the tax code and all of that shit is the only thing that makes it even possible in the first place. In terms of just purely technological and all that speaking. It's not impressive, objectively. At least he, at least he thanked them after taking away their pandemic pay. So there you go. Yeah. All right. Uh, fucking producer Matt has just reminded me I'm such an idiot. I fucking every single time. I, uh, very last thing, remind y'all, I'm going back on tour this very weekend. I will be in Birmingham, Alabama at the Stardome, July 23rd and 24th, but plenty of other dates too. You can go to wellreadcomedy.com and uh, see the dates, get your tickets, and come see us. We're uh, chomping at the bit, ready and raring to go. It's going to be a good time. Thank you for the reminder, Matt, and thank you all for the uh, support. All right. Well, that's it, Mark. <laughs> All right, we'll be Love we'll, to see you bye. <laughs> yeah, yeah, there you go. Nailed it. All right, well, we'll be back uh, we'll be back next Tuesday right here. See yeah. you love you bye.